Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. And Paul writes and he says, But what things are gained to me, I have counted these things to be lost for the sake of Christ. Yes, certainly I count everything a loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have forfeited the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is of God on the basis of faith. To know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to this death, if somehow I might make it to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already attained or I've already been perfected, but I follow after it so I may lay hold of that for which I was seized by Christ Jesus. Brothers, do not count myself to have attained, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal, to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, we'll stop there, otherwise I'll just keep going. Paul talks in places and he says, you know what, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He says, I was a model Pharisee. He was a zealot. He would go out and, as Saul, who became Paul, he would go and persecute the people of the way what we know as the Christians now. He'd go out and and it was out of his zeal for God that he would go and grab Christians, throw them in prison, get them stoned to death. You know, when Stephen was stoned to death, Paul was the one holding the coats of the guys throwing the stones. He was a terrorist for, for God. He followed the law. He was respected and recognised and yet he says, you know what? I count it all lost. What does it gain me? He says, it gains me nothing. Being a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee, blameless in the law, but he says, I count it as nothing for the sake of Christ because what I found in Christ makes everything else irrelevant. He says, for things I forfeit, the loss of all things, I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, not of my own righteousness. And I got a sense as we were going through worship today and as we were going through things that there were some of you trying to attain what God had for you through your own righteousness. And the problem is when you try and attain things through your own righteousness, you become aware of how unrighteous you are. Because your sin is ever before you, as David wrote. Where you've failed is before you and you sort of go, oh, and I've got to deal with this and I've got to deal with this and I've got to deal with this. And God says to you, I've already dealt with this. It's through faith in Christ, Paul writes here. It's through faith in Christ. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you can do. It's your faith in Christ that brings righteousness. That was declared way back with Abraham. He was declared righteous because of his faith. It's not by what you've done. It's by what Christ has done that you attain the blessing he has for you. 
And as long as we stay in that point of, it's me, it's me, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, you're going to be pushed and that's where religion comes in. And I sense that there are religious spirits just really coming in and some of you are being hammered by those and you, and you wouldn't yell and you couldn't shout and you were like, yeah. As Dale shared, what was going on? But it says back then, and yes, we're off the sermon now. We're back onto this. But, you know, Bill Johnson was talking. He's talking about sing, O barren one. Why would a barren woman sing? If you want to know what it's like, then you look at, at Hannah. You know, she would go into the temple and, and, and Eli thought she was drunk. Because she's there and, and she's just travailing before God in the temple going, please give me, I'll do anything to have a child. Because to not have a child in that culture was a disgrace. There was something wrong with you. You were out of favor with God. It was, they saw it as a sign that you had done something wrong. There was something wrong in your family and therefore the curse of God was on you and you couldn't have a child. And she's before God and she's going, just almost like, show me what it is. Show me what I need to do because I just want to have a child for you. I just want to have a child. And that's the context that Isaiah is written out of. He says, sing, O barren woman. In other words, declare that God has already done what he's done, not because of your righteousness, not because of your works, not because of your holiness, not because of your achievements, but because he's God. And that he does the impossible. And we sit there in our minds and we go, but, but, but. And that was the Israelites' problem. You see, the Israelites were in Egypt and they came out of that. And they wandered through the desert and they came to the promised land and they had a choice to go in and take the blessing of God, not because they deserved it, not because they were right, not because they were walking in God's way and doing perfection, but because God said, let me give this to you. Because God is God. And they looked at it and they went, we can't do it. Two of them said, you know, Joshua and Caleb said, you know what? We can't do it, but God can. But they saw themselves and they went, we can't do it. And they looked in on themselves rather than looking in on God. And I've discovered that when you look in on yourself, you fail. When you look on yourself, everything around you looks bigger. When you look in on yourself, you lose sight of the vision that God has for you, the purpose he has for your life, and you become introspective, and you actually end up further into sin. Because when you look in on yourself, all you see is your flesh and your failings and your sin, and you keep stepping into that sin and keep stepping into that sin because you see yourself in the context of yourself. I was reading up this week on um, the era of pornography. Now we're talking a little about this stuff. And it's interesting. Let me give you a tip if if that's something you struggle with or any sin you struggle with. 
When you're faced with sin, here's a tip to overcome it, pray. And I thought, nah. And then I thought about it. And there's a couple of situations where I felt like I actually felt Satan coming and just, just hassling me out on something. And normally I'd sit there and go, oh, and you try and fight it. And it's like, you know, all I did was pray. And you know what happened? It was all good. I thought, well, this is cool. This actually works. If you're faced with sin, if you're faced with temptation, if you're faced with Satan in some way just pulling you down and stealing your joy, pray. Because when you start to pray, two things happen. See, when, when Satan comes and tries to steal from you, whether he's just trying to steal your joy, whether he's bringing temptation, whether he, whatever he's doing, what he's trying to do is drag you back and take ground from you. And sometimes the best form of defense is to attack, right? With Satan it is. So start to pray, because when you start to pray, you start to take ground from him. And he has to go on the defensive. Yeah? Makes sense, doesn't it? And since you've already won the victory, you can't lose. Because your victory is in Christ. So if you start to feel tempted, or you start to feel your joy being stolen, or you start to pull down, start to pray. This morning, I was up this morning, and and I got in the shower, and I was feeling like, ugh. And I was annoyed about a couple of things, and I was just feeling like, oh, everything's... I thought, this is ridiculous. Because what's Satan do? He's coming to take my ground. So I started praying while having a shower. I came out of my shower, I'm like, we're good. Because I took ground. And it wasn't a long shower. It wasn't a long shower. But we took ground and took ground. And I could feel that while we're worshipping. Some of you are going, oh, it's like you're trying to squeeze it out. You don't have to squeeze it out. You shout it out. That was a great chance to do it right there, but you missed it. That's all right. But you don't have to sort of like go, I'm going to break through. You've actually already broken through. Just walk in it. It's a choice. You see... The Israelites, they came face to face with the promised land the first time and they went, we can't do it. And you know what they said? We want to go back. I mean, how stupid is that? We want to go back to being slaves. We want to go back to somebody else making the decisions for us. We want to go back to poverty and brokenness and in our own little world where things are defined and someone else, and they'd forgotten what it was really like. But what does Paul says? Paul says, I count it all lost, and I want to go on to joy. I want to go on to victory, he says. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to that which is ahead. I press towards the goal, my high calling in Christ Jesus. When you come face to face with the devil and he's trying to pull you down, pray. Pray like it's already done. Pray like you've already won. You don't have to feel it. You just need to do it. The feeling comes later. And you'll kick off temptation. You'll kick off him pulling you down. 
you'll kick off him dragging your way. And pretty soon you'll be shouting, Yeehaw! Thanks, Amy. That was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Verse 7 is his brothers become fellow imitators <laughs> with me. And observe those who walk according to our example. Yeah! That was still pathetic. I'm sorry. Yeah! So you do that and then we kick a goal in football. It's like, And soccer, I did. You put your arms out, you stick your tongue, everything you want to come out. It's like, ah! <laughs> you do it, you celebrate. Yes, yeah! Okay, I'll give you a I'll just sit down here and have my drink. I'll preach another hour if it's what it takes. I was bringing a short word. And you're not getting it. You're sitting there going, mm, I don't feel it. If you don't feel it, get over it. You want to feel it, you've got to do it. You know, when you get up to exercise, except for Shara, nobody feels it. <laughs> right? Nobody, I mean, how many times do you get up and you go, oh, I just don't want to go, I just, just oh, it's so much effort. And yet, you get out there, and when you start doing it, what happens? Those endorphins start kicking through your body, yeah? The adrenaline starts to flow a little bit. Good things start coming. Your body starts to go, yeah, this is good. Now, I'll give you, there are days where you get out there, and you're out for a run, and you come back, and you're still not feeling it. All right? But they're the exceptions. They're the ones where you're pushing through a barrier sometimes. But most times you get out there and after a while it starts to feel a bit good. Your body starts to respond and it's like, yes, this is good. But if you'd never gone out and done that, you would have still sat there feeling, some reaction somewhere at least, you know. It's the same with this. You sit there and the devil's going, boom, 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 boom. And your soul's going, Bleh. You stick your tongue out with, yeah, you can stick it out with, yeah! <laughs> it's up to you how you stick your tongue out. All right? And you have a choice. You can either get into his, and go down, or you can go up. And prayer and praise does that. Not because of you and your righteousness. Not because of the things you've done. In spite of the things that you've done. In spite of where you've failed. In spite of what's happened around you. Like Paul says here, it is nothing to do with him. And he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the guy who carried out the whole law. 
And yet in spite of all that, not because of all that, but because of Jesus and what he's done. That you can shout and you can celebrate and you can pray. And when the devil comes, you don't let him take ground from you. You start praying and take ground from him. And you start shouting and saying, I don't feel like shouting. And I may be a conservative Australian and I don't shout at all, unless it's the football. But I'm going to shout anyway. Thank you, babe. I'm going to make a choice to, I will do this. Um, On a really practical level, I was just reminded of when we, I lived with like three other girls um, a couple of years ago and we used to have spontaneous dance parties all the time. Um, but it would always be so they'd be triggered by one of two things. Either everyone was really stressed and tired um, or if something like negative had happened in the house, like we'd had someone over and it was just like, you know, you can just, you can feel that like weighing down and, um, and someone would go, all right, that's it. We're putting the dance music on and it would sort of, I'll give you a demonstration. It'd be a bit like this, you know, you put the tunes on and you're like, oh, like I'm not feeling it, you know, either I'm really stressed and I have so much to do, I don't have time for this right now, or, you know, like, oh, I'm just so mad and like, ugh, from, you know, what's just happened. And so it's kind of, you like, start off like, you know, like, oh. But then, like, the beat starts to come and then you're like, okay, this is cool, we can do this, we can do this. And then next minute, everyone's just running around the house, you know, dancing. And it's, you know, like two for one, singing. And moving releases so many endorphins. You don't need to take drugs or drink the ice cream. Drink the ice cream? Eat the ice cream? You just need to dance around and sing. It'll do you wonders. The end. So there you go. It's up to you. So you can change your circumstance. You can walk in and be the... Or you can walk in and be the... You can stick your tongue out because it's... You can stick that because it's, yeah! It's your choice. It's actually your choice. It is not the devil's choice. It is not your circumstances' choice. You know, I was, I'm sure Ben won't mind me sharing this, but um, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> but he's, um, you know, he's out playing at the moment, playing his game, and he's centre mid, so he's happy because they've been playing off on the left wing, and he, you know, playing soccer, he, doesn't really play left wing, doesn't really like left wing because he doesn't get much of the ball in the team at the moment. Centre mid, he gets to control the game a bit and he likes to control the game and it's, it's actually where he's good, all right? Um, but he's... So you often... I pick him up from training and, you know, they've, they've had a few issues with coaching, they've had issues with, you know, players and things like this and it's just been a, a bit of a rocky start to the season. And, and so he, he'd get in the car and he'd be a little bit ne- negative, and you go, oh, this was wrong, and that was wrong, and you know, because he just wants to keep getting better and then keep pushing on. And he jumped in the car on Thursday, and, I, and he's telling me this was wrong. And I'd be watching him; they're not about having fun. And I said, really, I thought you guys were having fun. He goes, oh. And I said, well, look, here's the thing. You know, you can either get in the car and have a whinge about 
your training, or you can be the influence and change it and start to speak the good over it because your words are powerful. You know, I didn't say too much just on that. And he went, yeah, he said... And then he started recalling all the positive things that were said and done throughout the training session. And it was just one thing after another. I started them off because, yeah, I was really smoky on Thursday. All right? And we drive into the city because he's trying to see the city. And it was just smoky. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to be fun training in this. But when we actually got to the park, there was actually no smoke at the park. So it's cool. So he's training for a couple of hours. And then we, um, we drove back out. And as we drove back out, we drove back through the city, which was still smoky. So I don't know how I missed their park, but hey. I'm going, oh, isn't that really cool that you guys didn't have smoke with, you know. But here it's still smoke here in the city, but here you are like two minutes out of the city and it's really clear. Isn't that really cool? And he's going, yeah, actually, you know what? The coach said this and, and this. And he just rolled, started rolling of all this positive stuff and suddenly what was a, oh, that was a really bad session to, actually, that was a pretty good session. What had changed? Not the session, but his attitude. Why? Because he started to focus in on what was good and what, rather than what was bad. And that's what you do. When the devil comes and tries to tempt you or he comes to try and steal from you, you can focus in on what he's bringing you because he'll come and tell you how much of a failure you were before to try and get you to do that again. Or he'll try and tell you what's bad in your life to try and drag you down to his level. And you have a choice. You can either look at that and go, oh, now I'm struggling. Or you can go, you know what? God is good. You know, if you need a healing breakthrough, then start thanking God for all the times you've seen a healing or you've been healed. And it changes your perspective. You need a financial breakthrough. Rather than going, I need this, I need that, oh, dear, 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 look at all the times that God's provided and broken through and start to declare that. Whatever the breakthrough is you're looking for, start to focus on what's already been done before. The Israelites didn't do that. They'd forgotten what God had done. They'd forgotten that God had brought all these miracles into their way. You know, there was locusts everywhere. There were frogs everywhere. Water turning into blood. The firstborn of all the Egyptians died. And they walked out, not empty-handed, but they plundered the Egyptians. They gave them gold and jewels and all these sorts of things. But they'd forgotten what God had done and delivered them from 400 years of slavery from what was one of the most powerful nations of that time. They'd forgotten the manna and and the provision and the the Red Sea parting and all these things. So when they came face to face, they they focused on, not on what God had done, but they'd remembered the slavery. They remembered the bondage and they saw themselves in the context of the bondage rather than the context of being God's children. But Paul says, forget all the legalistic rubbish and focus in on Christ and him crucified and the victory you have in him. Count it all joy when you don't feel like counting it all joy. Count it all joy. Sing, O barren one. Not because you see your barrenness, but because you see a God who is fruitful. You see a God who's done it before. Yeah, we talk about the song, do it again. He may not do it the same way, but he'll do it again. Tell God how good he is. Remind him of where he's been faithful, because it'll remind you. And your spirit will overtake your soul. And let me tell you, the devil will run.
because he hates it. Because you're taking territory from him again. Yeah? So sing, shout, declare, O barren one. In fact, he says, expand your tent. In other words, get ready to get bigger. You only make your tent bigger because you've got to put more stuff in it, right? So make your tent bigger. Yeah? Yeah, we're growing. We're expanding. Um, I just want to share how exciting this is because God told me this already in the way in the car. Um, so I really love when God uh, yeah, confirms what he's talking about. So it's really good. So I've got iTunes radio now and I thought I'd listen to the Christian radio station. And most of the songs this morning have been about fighting and pushing and fighting and you're in constant battle and I was like this is really depressing actually (laughs) like I don't want to fight anymore why don't I have to fight when I've already got the victory and um and you can push in the physical and you can you know fight in the spiritual and we are in a spiritual battle but that's you know God tells us to run the race and we've already got the victory in him and so you don't actually have to fight like it's a bit pointless to be fighting for something that you've already won so um yeah, God really said that to me in the car this morning that we've already got that victory, so you don't need to fight. You just um, tell the devil to go away and you keep your ground and you've got the victory already. So thanking God for what he's already done. And then when we were um, singing before, the angels were telling me how exciting it is because of what he's already done in the future, that it's already done. So um, And they were getting really excited. They were like, think about what God's already done. And it's not just what he's already done on the cross, but what he's already done in the future, because it's, it, it's a bit hard for your brain to get around. But I just, I just love that God confirms things, absolutely. See, God doesn't think in time and space. He's eternal. It's already done as far as he's concerned. Yeah. So let's grab it, yeah? Grab your joy. Grab your victory. Celebrate. You're not barren. You're not lacking. You're in abundance and goodness. It's already done. Yeah? All right. It's over to you, Lord. It's all yours. I say that we uh, eat and feast and celebrate, yes? Because that's what you do when it's done, right? Yeah, that's what we should have done. I was feeling there was a guy's lacking a bit. You know, I did a year hard. There was no guy thing. You know, it's the food. She didn't bring the food out and the guys all went. Woo! Oh, that was terrible. So it's yours, Lord. It's all over to you. <laughs> Father, we just bless you. Lord, we thank you that you are good. So good. That we're not barren, we're fruitful. We walk in your abundance and blessing. Lord, you bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Lord, we thank you for the releasing of new hubs across this city. Father, we thank you for people being saved. Father, we thank you for financial provision. Lord, an overflow. We thank you for healings and miracles and signs and wonders. Father, we thank you for relationships being restored. Lord, lives put back together. Wholeness and completeness in you, in Jesus' name. Oh, there, Lord, dead raising to life. Lord, your church being transformed. 
We worship you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Just, uh, just use your tongues and just worship him. Tell him how good he is. Declare his goodness. For his goodness to you, just declare it. Declare it. Declare it. Declare it. Declare it. Because greater is he that's in you, that's he that's in the world. Oh, just count all the other stuff as loss. Just count it as loss. It's gone. Because you are the righteousness of Christ. You are the righteousness of God. Jesus lives in you. And God is good. And all the time. All right. Let's eat.